Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's February 1st, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. Nick, Steelers have to pull out the abacus. There's a lot of work to be done here on this roster. Yeah, they're going to have to crunch some numbers, and I hope that they're good at it. You know, traditionally they have been. Omar Khan, Kevin Colbert, the whole team, none of them got swiped away by other suitors this season. That was exciting, and those number crunching skills are going to come in handy. You know, if any of you guys have number crunching skills out there, I'd put them to the test at Bet Online, baby. Super Bowl time. Football's over. But guess what? Football's never over. You can not only bet on the big game coming up this week, but during the offseason, they'll have plenty of props. Uh, team props, player props, coaching props, more options to wager than any other place online. So head to Bet Online today. Use that promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And if I could just use the word props one more time, the Super Bowl is the best time for said bets. We got national anthem bets. We got uniform bets. Is someone going to try and pull the Chris Sims throw the football into the Buccaneers cannon bets? Love it. Head to Bet Online. Use that promo code armchair. Bet online. Ching your online sports book experts. Unfortunately, we're going to start out with a bit of sad news. Patricia Rooney, wife of the late Dan Rooney, passed away Saturday at 88. Um, mother of nine children, which, you know, <clears throat> is kind of a Super Bowl record in and of yes. itself, but for that generation, maybe not that unusual. Uh, mother of current president Art Rooney II. Very sad. There's not yeah. a, I mean, she was known as a, a big football fan, but just like a cut out of the old cloth mom of, of the Depression era, came out of the Depression, and she's a year younger than your grandmother, and uh, maybe quite a bit richer, but otherwise probably <laughs> sort of the, built the same. Yeah, it is sad. I mean, we're lucky as fans to truly get to be able to call the team we root for a, a pretty moral team as far as professional sports and big-time billion-dollar industries go, right? Because if you couldn't tell just by the fact of her being a Rooney, the outpouring of current and former Steelers players, especially Steelers players from the first Ben Super Bowl era, you know, we're talking Jerome Bettis, Ryan Clark, James Harrison, all those guys – you know, I think anybody before that era doesn't even have Twitter. You know, Lynn Swan, I don't think, is tweeting up a total storm. But all of those guys, including people like Deontay Johnson and current Steelers, tweeted out some long messages 
They're kind of professing their love for Patricia Rooney and the Rooneys in general. Like Taylor, of course, very close to the Rooneys. And it's pretty wild that they took their time not just to put up, uh, you know, a prayer sign emoji, but they're writing uh, heartfelt messages and, you know, guys who are outspoken and passionate like Ryan Clark. So, you know, he's not just reciting a a pre-written speech. It's just, it's really incredible how the Rooneys have connected with the players on the Steelers and, it's really more time for a celebration, in my opinion, of that kind of thing. We're lucky to get a fallen organization like that. Uh, you know, the pioneers of the Rooney Rule, the only team to vote against the last CBA, the prior CBA. Uh, and they do a lot of good things. So it sucks to hear that news is a little bit of a downer. But if you use it as an excuse to pivot and talk about how awesome the Steelers and the Rooneys are, then, hey, not that bad. I shouldn't say not not so bad. What I mean to say is, if you think about all the great things she did, uh, we could only hope to have that sort of impact internationally. Just to clarify, a little bit of family lore I want to pass on. I don't want any celebration of life. I want to be buried in a casket. I want mourning, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. I want a good old-fashioned funeral. Maybe some smelting in the back corner. Some men doing men's work in steel suits. As we wait for the Steelers to figure out the Rubik's Cube of this player's roster, the coaching staff is coming together, and we've got a little more news today. Yep. The Steelers, after a month of searching, after being turned down, by a couple outside candidates who I have never heard of have hired the offensive line coach by using a tried-and-true strategy that worked so, so terribly the last time, and they promoted their assistant offensive line coach. Adrian Clem, hey, man, we literally couldn't find anybody else, so congratulations, you're in. You couldn't beat out Sean Surrett for the job, he got fired. Now you're in, Kent Graham, Mason Rudolph. Good Lord. Hold on one second. I had a uh, headphone issue here. Stand by. We're back in the game. Yeah, well, look, you that's know the disappointing. Steelers, the Steelers are an offensive line coach factory. Mm. Russ Grimm, Mike Munchak, Sean Surratt, Adrian Clem. Here we are. Yeah, it's a bit of a disturbing hire. And, and so far, starting to get a little, little... Nervous about the hiring process. Why did you heard that um, some guys actually turned down the Steelers' interview request? Right? No, I did yeah, not they hear interviewed that. a couple of people who did not take the job. They all, they tried to interview the former Texans offensive line coach, I believe. He didn't even want to come to Pittsburgh to interview, and then they promote a guy from within. You know, a month after the search, and they get turned down by a bunch of people. This is a troublesome I'll take it. to me. Yeah, that's basically what he said. But you got to admit, Dad, like, that's it's clearly not their first plan. You know, we know that they interviewed a bunch of people, and people turned them down. This wasn't even the Steelers uh, turning the candidates down. The coaches were potentially offered jobs or interviews, and they said no. The Steelers have now promoted two coaches from within an offensive coaching staff that was abject misery. Maybe the worst offense we've ever seen at points this past year including the damn duck year before. Where, by the way, the offensive coaching staff was trash that year too because, yes, I know that there were a lot of players missing, but 
uh, last year was the first time we really started harping on Randy Feetner in year two and, and the predictability of his play calling, the second and long runs and everything like that. And we said after this season, Mike Tomlin is the right guy to steer the ship. His motivational skills, his leadership skills, his interpersonal skills, along with his player uh, Acquisition and development are excellent, but his strategy is bottom of the barrel crap. And we and actually, um, uh, Rooney said the same thing. Basically, like yeah, we look at Coach Tomlin as being our coach deep into the future. In his interview earlier this week, but we said this would only work if you hire some more competent coordinators. All they did was give people raises from a crappy offensive line staff, a, a crappy offensive coaching staff, who neither one of which, Matt Canada or Adrian Clem, have even a game of coaching at the NFL level. Well, it's, that's really kind of weird, though. What, what do you think they rejected, the Steelers or Matt Canada's first year as an offensive coordinator in the NFL? I mean, if Tomlin's focused on anything, he's focused on the defense, sort of. Yeah. Common thinking. I don't know if it's knowledge or not. Right, so, right. And you've got a chance to enter what essentially, maybe it's not the ground floor, but you've got to remake the offensive line, which I thought would be you know, a challenge somebody might want to take on. Maybe, nobody yeah. would, maybe, it's, maybe it's worse than we thought, and they don't want to take on the situation. You're right, but I don't even think it's that horrible of a situation to be in. Obviously, it's, it's not a good one because you've got these declining stars. But it's not like the cupboard's totally bare. I mean, they have two young tackles, and, and prop, hopefully they retain Banner and uh, Chooks. And then you have a really promising young guard at Dotson. I'm sure these coaches can do their homework unless they literally don't know who the Steelers have, right? Which would be insane if you're trying to coach at the professional level. You think you do a little research. And even Filer, like, you know, I, I heard some rumors online uh, of maybe signing him to a cheap two-year deal because, you know, he's not going to command more than a veteran minimum-type salary on the, on the open market. Maybe you kick him back to right tackle. It's not like you have nobody is all I'm trying to say. And I just, I'm shocked that any coaches really would um, not want to take the chance to work with Tomlin. Maybe it's the fact that uh, the Steelers are a little bit in no man's land because of Ben coming back and we're wondering if we're going to part ways with the veterans. But even that is weird because it's like, well, he's probably going to be here for one more year. It's, it's not that odd of a situation to be in. So it is shocking to me that they couldn't find anyone else to be the coach. And I don't want to talk crap about Adrian Clem because I literally don't know anything about him. But this process is what I'm talking about. And it looks a little fishy. So uh, we'll just... Save for the record on the podcast, I'm not sure we were able to last week that Matt Canna officially has the OC job now. Yeah. He firstly did, then we learned, well, that's not exactly true. Did some more interviews, and then it did the same thing. Well, we'll just keep this guy. Yeah. And Matt Canada, I do stand by what I said, I think, two weeks ago when we originally thought he was the offensive coordinator, where I, I don't actually think that one's that bad of a hire because – we said they needed somebody who's younger and more offensive-minded, which is how um, Canada has been described a number of times. I shouldn't say offensive-minded. I see a little more modern thinking. You can't just have the Steelers are going to line up in the I formation and run it 40 times a game, uh, pre-Ben and early Ben strategy, to the we're going to put Ben in shotgun and have him throw 60 times a game, and A.B. And, and Le'Veon will handle the rest. Can't do that anymore. We have to have some motion. We have to have multiple formation usage play action can't be last place in the league for the fifth straight year 
and Matt Canada checks all those boxes, except for the young box, Dad, by the way. Because you remember we looked it up on the <laughs> podcast the other day. He's 48 years old. He's bald. This guy's a geezer. But he's young in NFL coaching years in terms of he's never been a coach before. But, yes, it, it, it worries me now more in, in the totality of the situation because, okay, now you're just promoting assistance from a – coaching staff that was an abject failure last year uh, in a lot of ways but I also hold out some hope for Canada because he does fill those earlier um, needs of like we've seen him have a lot of success at the college level with a lot of cool formation and motion usage and you're gonna have to take a risk on one of those young guys anyways because the Lafleur family seems to be growing on trees but we're all out of them they're coaching in other cities now and they're not exactly McVay. They just had cups of coffee with McVay. Now we've gotten to the point where Sean McVay's um, passing game coordinator just got hired for an offensive coordinator job. What the hell is that? What is the passing game coordinator? Well, coordinate the pass game. Well, then what does the offensive coordinator do? I'm half joking here, but it is hilarious that – look who got hired from McVay's staff. I'm going off topic here, but I'm, I'm trying to say if you take a young, uh, innovative mind at offensive coordinator, you're, you're going to have to get him from nowhere. And it might as well be Canada because at least we've seen some track record of success. But Sean McVay, his offensive coordinator – you know, I guess Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Packers, was the quarterback's coach. He went to Tennessee, then he went to Green Bay. His brother, I think Peter LaFleur is the guy from Dodgeball, but there's another LaFleur who was like the quarterback shoe tire, and he's been hired as a coach. The defensive coordinator has got hired. They've gone all the way down the list of coaches in L.A., and we're all out. So since we can't take one of them, I don't think that Matt Canada is that crazy of a pick. But now that we have multiple coaches hired from the inside, all I'm saying is the process just seems a little bit Steeler-like, and uh, we're not going to get the innovation we were hoping for. It's common knowledge that the Steelers – pinch a penny when it comes to coaching staff. I'm looking at this uh, head coach ranking. The last time they measured this, the one I'm looking at was for 2018. We are where? the number of coaches on the staff. Oh. The Steelers have 17. The only team that had fewer coaches, the Patriots with 14. The Bills oh, had twice go. as much at 28. So the fact we even had an assistant offensive line coach probably is kind of surprising. But I have some good news. I have some bad news, okay. and I have more good news. All right. The good news is we only have to pay Ben $19 million next year. All right. The bad news is the bill is coming due, and he will count $41,250,000 against a cap that is about $12 more than that. The <laughs> good news is it seems that Ben is taking a page from Tom Brady's book. It's pay cut time, baby. So, AR2, Art Rooney II, came out in press conference uh, this past week, said, we want Ben back, but we cannot have him at this cap number, which I thought was pretty cool that he was that bold about that. I mean, especially when you're talking about, as we know, the greatest athlete in human history, Ben Roethlisberger, hero, beast, gunslinger, pirate, cowboy, Marlboro man. Guess what? Ben comes out immediately after the interview and says, we agree. I, I think he, he's quoted as saying, I don't care about like, getting paid this year. I don't care about the money at all this year. And his agent and best friend, Ryan Tolner, uh, echoed that sentiment. So Ben is uh, very willing to, to 
I don't know if you'd say take a, a pay cut necessarily, but it sort of feels that way, and maybe uh, sign an extension coming up here to stretch some of this money out, and, and maybe it'll be a false extension. It's not like he's going to play for multiple more years, but Ben is, is doing his part to help the team uh, keep some talent, and I know he has his eye on his boys because Tolliner said that he really wants Pouncey to come back. And that's one of the reasons why he's taking a pay cut. Those two want to ride off into the sunset together. And I'm sorry, man. That's just awesome. I mean, come on. Pouncey, by the way, he's still playable. He ha- he's not playing as well as he did a few years ago. And this past year was, was bad. And who knows if it drops off of the face of the earth. But, you know, it would be nice to get his contract off of the books. We're talking one of my other favorite Steelers ever. But for people who are going crazy about the idea of even bringing Pouncey back, in my mind, this might be a, a sort of a semi-two-year rebuild process where these guys will be off the books in two years anyways. The only thing that could kind of uh, sway my thinking on that is if somehow they're able to land a Trey Lance in the draft. Not a Mac Jones. No. Not Mason Rudolph II. But a real bona fide, talented product uh, in, a, in a Trey Lance. And then you're thinking, okay, well, maybe we want to get down to business here. But... Um, yeah, either way, Ben's going to take a pay cut in the form of an extension, I guess. Well, it'd be curious to know whether he takes a pay cut or they restructure and push his number out a couple more years. And it, we talked about it last week. It makes sense. If the, pre, if the salary cap goes up, you'll have some room to push some more money out, out front. But sooner or later, unless he literally says, I'm right. playing for free or something less than $19 million, right, it's going to hurt. Okay, hey, you're, one of the, I, I'm misspeaking there. I'm glad you actually clear that for, clarify that for everybody because I'm – shooting from the hip here and saying pay cut. He's not literally taking a pay cut. He's spreading the money out. But uh, that's kind of what the Steelers have done. Like you said, they've restructured so many times. Hey, just to clarify one thing, we'll, we'll just add a little bit of information. We talked about Dwayne Haskins getting picked up by the Steelers. Um, this isn't going to hurt too bad. He did get $14.5 million from the Washington Football Club. New name nice. for Washington. He's Hell getting yeah. 850 from the Steelers if he makes the team. Excuse me, let me clarify that. 850,000, not 850 million. Should be a pretty nice deal. Pretty nice deal. Well, who, who knows? Maybe he lights it up in training camp. <laughs> this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available 
on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I don't know if I'd bet anything on that, but if I did, I'd do it at Bet Online. Super Bowl week, baby. Go not Tom Brady. Bet for the Chiefs this week, guys. Everybody, we have permission. It's okay. We want the double win. We want Tom Brady's tears, and we want money. 
Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you have a chance at getting some of that. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. So head to Bet Online today. Use that promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online. Ching! Your online sportsbook experts. How about the blockbuster, blockbuster, blockbuster. trade of 2021 so far? Jared, Jared Goff, Goff. <laughs> is traded. From the L.A. Rams to the Detroit Lions, along with 72 future draft picks for Matt Stafford. So Matt Stafford isn't going to be a Steeler is what you're telling me. You know what, you know what I could go without? I could go without uh, any more tweets from Steelers tweeters saying, looks like the Steelers quarterback room is going to be pretty crazy this year. Or they got Deshaun Watson at wide receiver and Matt Stafford at fullback and Carson Wentz at running back and Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph. Like, Stop. It's not a joke when you're just copy-pasting what other people said. It was a joke for the first hour of QB free agency rumors and trade rumors. Stop doing it. You are not funny. You are annoying. But I bet you Deshaun could probably catch like 20 touchdowns if he felt like it. Probably throw them to himself, honestly. Yeah, Matt Stafford goes to the um, L.A. Rams, immediately makes them a Super Bowl contender. We're not saying it's like uh, dropping the final piece into a total all-star team. And Matt Stafford, one of the most talented quarterbacks who's ever come through the NFL. Incredible arm. He's right up there with Mahomes and Rodgers and his uh, arm talent and ability. He has been surrounded by abject crap the entire time in Detroit, so pretty much everyone gives him a pass for them not winning a lot, and I completely agree. Uh, That being said, we do have to see him kind of get the job done with McVay and have to learn a new type of offense. I'm sure he will be able to do that, but what's more interesting here, besides the fact that Jared Goff's career is coming to an end because everyone's going to see how propped up he was by McVay in terms of a guy who's maybe the most herky-jerky athlete I've seen since Brock Osweiler on the uh, Texans for one day, right? Um, But the Matt Stafford thing is interesting because with this trade, the Los Angeles Rams have ensured that they are going seven straight years without a number one pick because they've made a bunch of crazy trades and they got Jalen Ramsey in there and a bunch of different guys. And now, of course, Matt Stafford. And I actually like that they made this trade because they have a fringy Super Bowl roster that, in my opinion, has been held back by the quarterback. I think that's been pretty evident, especially when they basically benched him for John Wofford or Wolford or whatever his name is in that first playoff game before Wofford got carried off of the field and Goff had to go back in. Yes, Goff had a slight injury, but you saw he was easily in playing shape. He played the rest of the two games. But uh, they, they have that kind of team where that quarterback will be holding them back, and you're just going to be losing in the wild card and in the divisional every week. Well, now you have the two best defensive players in the game, and Donald and Ramsey, you know, might as well be, and a really good quarterback, and they have a chance at the Super Bowl. My opinion is they put themselves in this stupid position when all of us were screaming and hollering at them not to extend Jared Goff because you can plug a lot of different guys into that situation. Well, the Rams practiced some Steelers tendencies and some Tomlinisms, I think, and being overly loyal because they paid him and Gurley an, an, an exorbitant amount of money. Everybody said that that was a ridiculous idea for both because the writing was on the wall that got, Gurley could barely play anymore. He barely played in the damn Super Bowl. And both of them are out of town within the next few years. So 
The fact that they don't have seven first-round picks in a row, no, I would not do that strategy, but I think that this goes more back to them screwing themselves with the Goff contract. I do like the fact that they were brave enough to trade for a quarterback uh, when they have the space and when they have the timing of like, hey, we're going to be in divisional round purgatory right now unless we get a quarterback and it's and in four years Aaron Donald's going to be getting towards the end here and we're going to need to reboot this team anyway so why don't we just go for broke now so they'll have hell to pay probably in a few years but I like the fact that they did it do you have any opinions on them losing that many draft picks or do you like them pushing their chips into the middle of the table I think that's a lot of capital to give up and you know what's interesting that Goff comes with a 43 million dollar dead cap hit hit he's gonna right. be making between 25 and 27 million a year matt stafford leaves with a clean slate and he's gonna make 20 million and then 23 million over the next two years yeah so i mean eminently affordable he's uh depreciating off of the lion's dime i'm just not sure what happens with that dead cap hit whether their la has to retain that or that moves with him to detroit it seems like a lot of capital to give up and as you pointed out so they got jalen ramsey for that this year's first round draft i think yeah two first round draft picks but okay it's a lot of capital but what's the alternative i mean they have no chance of winning the super bowl with jared goff in my mind unless people disagree with me with that but i'm i find that hard to be proven i mean he's been trash for a year so is that you can keep your capital and not win the super bowl or you can be like let's try and win one super bowl and if we suck for a few years then okay so apparently there is one less quarterback out there floating around, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Did you hear the quote from Matt LaFleur, speak of the devil? Yeah, he said that uh, Aaron's sticking with the Packers, absolutely no doubt about it. And in my mind, and by the way, this is the last point i got to make before I run out here. In my mind, it just solidifies the fact that Matt LaFleur got brought into Green Bay, and he did not make the decision to trade up for Jordan Love in the draft and not draft any receivers after that. I think Gunkust, Gutenkust and those other guys in Green Bay force their hand because they are happy with, hey, as long as we have a star quarterback, we get 15 years out of Favre, Rodgers, and Love, then we stay relevant the whole time. They never put any damn weapons around Aaron Rodgers. They never sign any free agents for 16 years to really give him any help. And he, they got to see exactly what that looks like when they played against Tom Brady, who the Buccaneers surrounded with an absolute arsenal of weapons. Aaron Rodgers massively outplays Brady, who throws three interceptions in the damn second half. Oh, are defenses allowed to bail quarterbacks out? Could, could that Browns game not be entirely Ben Roethlisberger's fault? No, no, it's just the magic of Brady calling the defensive plays for the Bucs. Well, either way, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, the Steelers' Aaron Rodgers' dream, pushed off for another year. Um, and uh, the Packers, let's just be glad that we don't have that franchise because Guttenkust also came out this, their GM came out this week and said, no, he has no regrets about the, 21 draft, the 2020 draft class, and he does not think that he could have done anything different to get better players. I understand saying, like, wanting to have faith in your draft class and not talking crap about them, but I don't know why you added the statement of, I don't think we could have done anything to get better players, because, especially when... <laughs> You know, Jefferson and Claypool and T. Higgins and all these other receivers were waiting there, and we saw the Packers receivers choke, as everybody knew they would, in that playoff game with drop touchdowns and interceptions and so on and so forth. So at least we don't have that going on. T.J. Watt wins the AFC Defensive Player of the Year from the 101 Awards. All right, now one more to go. Let's see if he gets the big one. We'll find out in a couple days. Well, Aaron Watt. Aaron Watt. Oh, (laughs) that guy would be amazing. (laughs) 
Aaron Aaron Donald got the NFC Player of the Award. So that's your competition, obviously. All righty. And one more piece of information before we get out of here. The Steelers need to get under the cap by March 17th. So that is a month and a half away. It'll be interesting to see, again, how the Steelers turn the Rubik's Cube. We'll see how it goes. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye.